When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, this is Behind the Steel Curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you for my take on the Steeler season for our bi-week bonanza podcast. It's very simple. Um, I know I'm not the first one of these to go out, but unfortunately I haven't had the opportunity to hear everyone else's take so far, which kind of bums me out because, you know, I, I have to get this turned in in time. I'd really like to know who everyone else is picking for these things. That way I could maybe think outside the box. But when you think outside the box, next thing you know, you're Brian Anthony Davis saying that BJ Finney is, is a key player for the Steelers um, when he's a member of the Cincinnati Bengals. So um, it's, I, that's the last thing I want to do is go that crazy. If you don't know what I'm referring to, you'd have to go back and listen to um, one of our old uh, Steelers preview podcasts um, from last season. But that actually is a nice little segue for me into saying which podcasts on our network I am a part of. In case this is you stumbling on to um, our podcast for the very first time, I am the host of the Scobro Show, which is on at 9 p.m. Tuesday nights live on YouTube and Facebook. I am on there with my brother, Rich, Big Bro Sco. We do that show together every week. And... That's one that you can tune into live if that's something you choose to, or it is available on our podcasts network um, just a couple hours after the show is over. Also, I am the host of the Steeler Stat Geek that runs Thursday mornings on our on our podcast platform. I'm also one of the trifecta on the Steelers preview with Brian Anthony Davis and Jeff Hartman. That's Thursday nights. Oh, anytime between 8.30 and 9 p.m. is when we generally go um, for the live audience. And then those podcasts are available uh, not long after. Also, I have been doing the Steelers postgame show when I'm not at the stadium. Um, if you've, if you tune into that one, that's, that's one that a lot of people like to come in and can, you know, complain about the, the, a loss, revel in a win, all those different things, uh, that, that we like to do as Steelers fans that I'm also on that usually with Jeff Hartman and Brian Anthony Davis, but depending on the game time, our lineup there could change. And also for this season, I've, uh, stepped in to help out Jeff Hartman and have been doing the Mike Tomlin um, press conference podcasts when he does his, his Tomlin Tuesday podcast, which there was not one, um, for week seven because the Steelers have a buy, but that's who I am with BTSC. But what's more important is you all want to know what, what are my thoughts? Well, maybe you don't want to know my thoughts. Maybe you want to hear my thoughts just so you can make fun of them, but it's basically what the season is so far. Um, in my eyes, I will tell you this, I'm going to say unexpected because where the Steelers are right now at three and three, it's not just that I'm, it's not that I'm 
unexpected what their record is. It's unexpected on how they got there a little bit. Because if I go back and look at where I was picking games, uh, I mean, the roster wasn't even complete. You know, there was no, it was supposed to be David DeCastro and not Trey Turner. There was no Melvin Ingram. I'm talking about going back to right when the schedule was released and we did a schedule release show. I went, we went through and, and predicted how the Steelers would do in each game. I had the Steelers going into the bye at four and two. Now they're three and three. Okay. That's honestly one game off. That's the Steelers are still in good shape for the rest of their season. What's unexpected is that I had the Steelers at four and two, and I had their two losses against teams that they beat. I had the Steelers losing to Buffalo and losing to Seattle. Those are two two games in which they got wins. So that's what's so unexpected with the Steelers team. And this was all based on, you know, before anyone had played a snap in the preseason. So it, it was kind of difficult to judge. And you didn't know that you know, Seattle would be without Russell Wilson or, or things of that nature. Um, but that's just kind of how an NFL season goes. So the Steelers are an unexpected three and three because of how they got there. And the fact that they got there is a big deal saying that they were one and three at one point. So that's kind of how I feel with the Steelers are going so far. So I guess moving forward, you'll see what I think about that in a little bit. Just remember that I said unexpected. So um, that's my thoughts so far of what's going on when it comes to individual players. Uh, we were asked to give some, some kind of like a bi-week awards and things like that. I'm going to say so far, my offensive MVP for the Steelers in 2021 at this point, I'm going with Najee Harris. I really am. I, I feel that the, that that's more of the driving force behind, uh, the Steelers success. Yes. A lot of what he does depends on the offensive line. Just like what Ben Roethlisberger, a lot of what he does depends on the offensive line and things of that nature. But but to me, what Najee Harris has brought to the Steelers running game, that's been the most important piece on the offense so far. I know other people could say Ben Roethlisberger, but I'll be honest with you. If Ben Roethlisberger would have been playing up to what, you know, even the the standards that some of the fans have, then the Steelers wouldn't be at three and three. They would possibly have a better record. So that's why I'm going with Najee. I I, I kind of like that one. And when it comes to the defense, I'm going maybe be going a little bit against the grain, but it shouldn't be going against the grain. A lot of people, you know, want to say TJ Watt. I am not going with TJ Watt. I am going with Cameron Hayward. I'm going with the defensive captain. And part of the reason that I'm doing that is because as the person who does the articles reporting the PFF scores, I kind of ha- tuned into what they are. Whether I agree with them or not isn't always the case. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I still, you know, trust myself more than this scoring. But at the same time, I want to know if they're seeing something different than me. But anyway, back back to where we're going. Cameron Hayward is the number one defensive player in the NFL through six weeks when it comes to PFF score. He's got the highest score, not of defensive linemen, the highest score of any defensive player through three weeks. People know, the league knows, they understand what Cameron Hayward does on every snap of every play and what he brings to the Steelers. To me, Cam Hayward is the is the MVP so, so far. And yes, you're saying, well, but 
I, I understand, but you know, you know, TJ Watt missed a game and everything, but he's right there. And this could change as, as it goes, but so far that's what I'm going with. And, um, then I'm sp- just in, in general, what's my biggest surprise so far with the Steelers 2021 season? Um, maybe, you know, when it comes to players, I'm, I'm surprised at which rookies are, are being used in w- by the Steelers. I didn't expect Trey Norwood. I mean, it's easy to talk about Trey Norwood after him having his best game as a pro in week six, just to say, wow, Trey, Trey Norwood. I mean, yes, that's, that's what's re that's what's in our minds as to what's going on most recently, but I got to bring that up. I mean, that's a seventh round draft pick. One of two seventh round draft picks the Steelers had that are both big contributors to this team. Trey Norwood in sub package on the defense and doing a great job when called upon. And then you have Presley Harvin, the third punting the ball. Now, does he still have the occasional shankopotamus? Yes, he does. Um, but hopefully as he grows and gets more experience, those kicks will be less and less. And we can see more of the booming punts that we've also seen from him. Didn't expect Dan Moore Jr. to even be on the field or even getting a hat on game day. I thought it would be more of a, you know, learn the system, get going. And out of necessity, he's been the starter all season. Now we don't know if he'll be the starter moving forward. He has he he left the last game with an injury. Um, Zach Banner's returning. All of that's going to be up in the air. But even if it's if Dan Moore doesn't play another snap this season, which I don't think is going to be the case, but even if he didn't, the fact that you know he got in six starts at left tackle for the Steelers as a rookie, that's something to build upon. That's more starts than what Kevin Dotson had as a rookie. So and then. Kendrick Green at center. I mean, he's had his ups and downs. We knew Najee Harris would be in there as a rookie um, getting the carries. We had a feeling Pat Frermuth would be um, involved in the offense as a tight end. Didn't expect him to be the Steelers' highest scoring player, according to PFF, through six weeks. You know, Steelers, offensive players. Pat Fairmuth has the top score um, through uh, six weeks of the season. So these are all pleasant surprises is that the rookies are contributing. They're improving and they're, they're, I mean, almost all of them have, have, have been used. I mean, Buddy Johnson um, hasn't been active for the last three games, but he was the first three and, and was out there with special teams. So it's just really surprising that the Steelers have integrated their rookies in so much basically out of necessity, but that they've also stepped up and done a nice job for being rookies. My biggest disappointment, um, that is where it gets really, really tricky. I'm going to say, um, I don't want to call out too many specific players because maybe it's consistency with these players. Like, for example, you could say, I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick hasn't really provided a lot of the splash plays that people expect. Now that's based on, I I don't want to just excuse it all away, but at the same time, he's doing a lot of the things that the Steelers are asking him to do. It's just kind of disappointing that it's not in a role that would allow him to do more of those things. That's, that's disappointing. Um, I would say, especially early on Ben Roethlisberger, you know, not, you know, just relying on his initial read and just throwing the ball out so fast, basically teams daring Ben to beat them and him 
not coming through. Now, the last two victories, that's been a big difference is that you can't just say, all right, we're going to not let you run the ball, uh, get that going. We're going to make Ben Roethlisberger beat us. Well, Ben needs to step up and make sure that he does that. So what was disappointing was that early stretch where it felt like that wasn't the case. Teams were saying the only person who's going to beat us is Ben Roethlisberger, and Ben wasn't able to come through and and make the plays down the field, over the middle. Yes, part of that was the offensive line, but that's also part of everything coming together. So it was disappointing to lose uh, those three games in the middle the way the Steelers were losing them. But at the same time, I, I do feel that they're that they're growing. Um, some of the, I mean, and that brings back to some of the best and worst moments so far in, in this in this um, young season. I mean. You've got to say a really good moment is 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 the TJ Watt big you know forcing that turn turnover in overtime that won the game. That's a huge moment. It's some it's getting some of those huge plays. I mean, the biggest moment of them all might be the blocked punt for a touchdown, which in a game that the Steelers won by a touchdown in Week One against the Bills. Those were the big splash plays, and the most disappointing part of the season for the Steelers for me, is the fact that they've given up some of those splash plays, some of those deep passes, things like that. So that is is what you want to see going forward, which is ultimately what this is about. Where do the Steelers go from here? Okay. You have to maximize your own splash while reducing the splash surrendered. Wow. I don't know. That's kind of weird. I just made it up on the top of my head, but that's, that's kind of how I feel. You've got to, you've got to reduce the amount of splash plays you give up while trying to increase your own splash plays. Um, because you can look back at any NFL game and one or two two plays make all the difference, make all the difference. All we have to do is look back to the to the next to last play of the first half against Green Bay and the blocked field goal where it was called offsides when they weren't offsides. That's a huge play. So when you can make those splash plays go in your favor, that's what it's all about. But um Moving forward, one of the things I'm going to say to finish up here is I is in saying that my that um, my overall thoughts of the season so far was that it was unexpected. Moving forward, I'm going to say expect the unexpected. I really think that's what's going to happen. The Steelers are going to win games you don't expect them to and lose games that you expect them to win. That's the NFL. That's how it goes. But one thing that I don't want to be unexpected is the growth of their young players in key areas. I want to see the offensive line continue to grow. I want to see other players in the secondary that's really getting their feet under them even more um, continue to grow. Things of that nature. Uh, the young defensive line, now that some of the guys are out, when Cam Hayward's the the, the only player that was expected to start going into the season, he's the only one that's available Um these last few games, you want to see those other guys growing and getting better and not being a liability and on plays that you're making a difference, not being someone that everyone else has to cover for. So it's those, those kind of things, but I'm excited about the next 11 games and where the Steelers go from here. I, 
I mean, what else can we do with the bye week? It's a time to to reset for the players. It's a time for us here behind the steel curtain to reflect on what's happened and to say, hey, where is this team going from here? So I want to thank you for, for tuning in with us here. Um, really looking forward to the rest of the season. And if you aren't checking out our other podcasts, just make sure the best place to go, if you have Apple Podcasts, go there, subscribe. You'll get everything. You'll You'll see it there. All our podcasts will come through, all kinds of different voices, different opinions. It's not just the same thing being said over and over again. It's many different voices um, coming together and giving you their takes on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So um, all I have to say is the Steelers are three and three. Um, My thoughts on their overall record, honestly, don't care. Don't care at this point. Not right now. All I care about is the Steelers getting win number four and them getting it as soon as possible. So that's what should be the focus. That's where I'm driving with this team. Take it week to week. You can win every week in the NFL, but if you look at all the weeks left, you can't look at them and say, oh man, we got to win all these games. No, all you can do is every week going into that game, that's your one to win. And that's what I want to see the Steelers do. But most importantly, Great job so far, getting back to three and three. Let's get out there, cheer on this team for these last 11 games, hopefully, plus the playoffs. And you just got to say it, go Steelers. Steelers.